Hi, folks. This is Mike Young with Noble Warriors. We're here for episode 10 of the Noble Man podcast. And today's topic is the noble man makes all women feel safe. Let's get on with it. So, so far in the month of May, we've done three podcasts that all deal with how a man engages and cares for the women in his life. So we started off with the nobleman honors his mother. We had a an all-star cast, a panel of mothers, including my very own mom there. Uh, then we did the nobleman cherishes his wife. We had a guest on that podcast, Dr. Uh, Tom Elif, former president of the International Mission Board. He did a great job talking with us about how to cherish our wives. And then last week, we had a fun, also uh, expert panel, if you will, of young ladies who helped us understand how the nobleman delights in his daughter. And my daughter, Hannah, was one of the girls that was part of that conversation. So today, our, our next topic is the nobleman makes all women feel safe. So how do we want to get started with that? And I, I really want to start with uh, a passage of Scripture 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it's actually something that we talked about with Dr. Tom Elliff in the whole area of cherishing his wife. But um, this one is, uh, let me hit it again. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, clearly, Peter here in chapter 3 is talking about how a man cares for, engages, and loves his wife. He lives with her in an understanding way, but he says showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. And so I wanted to just pause there for a moment because as, as Dr. Elif mentioned, and we've talked about in other environments, this is not to say that women are lesser. They have lesser value or less, less um, weight or, or integrity in the kingdom or anything like that. Now, can I just pause and tell you that I should have not mentioned women and weight in the same sentence. I just, I'm just going to tell you that that is a bad move. So there are going to be people out there laughing about that, and I'm just, uh, just recognizing my arrow. I, I don't know. Todd may cut this out, but we'll have a good time with it. But at any rate, <clears throat> so we're not talking about the fact that a woman has lesser value, but that she's made differently. <clears throat> And in such is worthy of protecting and understanding and studying. And so that's how a man should relate to his wife. But we need to remember this as we relate to other women in our lives as well. So as I was preparing for this podcast, I thought about concentric circles of covering. Now, I love the word cover. As a matter of fact, I'm, uh, I've got a book here in my hand from a friend of ours, Rod Hairston. Rod is uh, formerly the chaplain to the Baltimore Ravens uh, football team. He's pastor of Messiah Community Church in Maryland. He's spoken with us a number of times, but he wrote a book, I'll hold it up here for the camera, called Cover Her, How to Create a Safe Place for the Ladies in Your Life, Physically, Financially, Emotionally, and Spiritually. And I just love the idea of a responsibility, the biblical responsibility that men have to provide a covering or protection for the women in their lives. So I thought about concentric circles of covering. And so if you are married, then your first responsibility for covering should be your own wife. And so although we've done a podcast about this, I just want to hit some high spots. Make sure she knows she's the number one woman in your life. That's part of how you cover her. And don't leave her guessing about this. She needs to know that she is the priority. And we're, we're going to talk about some, some 
uh, principles for covering and some practical applications here in a bit. But you need to cherish her. She needs to know that she is covered, protected, cared for, adored by you because she is, first of all, a child of Christ. She's a sister in Christ, but she's also your wife. Now, the next layer I would go to is protecting your daughter. Again, we've covered this in a podcast, but guys, how do you provide a covering for her? Go back and watch that scene from the movie Courageous where the, the officer goes out and has dinner with her daughter, his daughter and presents a ring to her and talks about um, helping her hear from God about who her husband should be and the protection and the covering that he provides for her even as she prepares to go into dating relationships. So a couple of practical things for covering and protecting your daughter. Live an example of manhood for her. Be the type of man she'd like to marry. It was so cool to have one of our guest experts, a daughter um, on our podcast last week, who said if she could find a man who leads and loves the way her dad does, she would be delighted to marry him. And so I'm just thankful that she is watching her dad in that way. He's living an example for her. And then help her understand, I use the term predatory nature of some men. There are guys out there who are bad actors, who are not conducting themselves well. And women need to understand that men think differently. We have a responsibility to help our daughters and our wives understand that some men have a very broken and sinful perspective on the women in their lives and or that they encounter, and we can be responsible for helping them navigate through that in a healthy way. And then the next one, how do you cover and protect your mother? Um, and, and so I thought about this, make sure her needs are met. And boy, I came under conviction a little bit with this because my next statements are call her, visit her, help her, include her, be present. And, and guys, I think part of this fifth commandment that we are to, to follow to honor our father, father and mother means that we need to be present with them. We need to be near them. We need to be connected with them. They need to know that we are concerned and, um, and investing in them and caring for them. So um, I'll call my mom today just so that you know. <clears throat> so uh, that brings me to the next question. What about other women in our lives? What about other women that we might encounter, and how do we make them feel safe? I think about um, it, you have women that you may work with. You have women that you may encounter in an office somewhere. You have women that you may see in certain places at certain times that you may interact with for a brief moment or for an ongoing relationship. And so part of the question that we have to wrestle with today is how do we make those women feel safe in our presence and how do we protect them from the predatory nature of other men? We don't want to be men who objectify women ourselves, and we also want to be helpful to keep men from becoming that type of guy. Um, so here are some thoughts. Um, I, it, the first thing that came to mind as I was wrestling with this was the Billy Graham rule. And uh, some of you have heard of that. Some of you haven't. Essentially, Billy Graham in the 1940s, uh, together with some other men, made a pact that they would protect their ministry, the integrity of their ministry, in several areas. One was finances, um, one was sexual integrity, another was organizational integrity. I can't remember all of them. As a matter of fact, we'll send you a link to 
um, a Gospel Coalition article about the origin of the Billy Graham rule. But essentially, the most uh, significant and talked about piece of this was that Billy Graham and his team committed that they would not be alone with a woman other than their wife. Um, and so this gets a lot of press today. There are articles, as I was searching for this, uh, about how this is derogatory toward women, how it's wonderful, how it's horrible, all of these things. It's, it's a polarizing statement, but here's the bottom line. I know a lot of guys who have lost their ministry, lost their marriages, lost their integrity because they didn't have rules and procedures in place to protect themselves and their marriage. Now, some of you may say, well, I'm not married, so I don't have to worry about that. Oh, yes, you do. If you aren't married, then I'm expecting that at some point you may want to be married. And and here's the bottom line on that. You still need to protect those women from yourself. And, you know, so some of these articles, and I'm, I'm going to get into some dangerous territory, I guess. Some of the articles talk about why can't a guy trust himself? Why can't a guy uh, trust himself to be with another woman and to not— um, to not objectify her. Guys, all I can tell you is you know yourself um, that this is a challenge. And so we have to be on guard. As a matter of fact, I think we need to put rules or hedges in our lives to protect ourselves. And let me start with some principles. So here we go. Number one, you can't trust yourself. I can't trust myself. I would be lying if I sat here and told you that my mind is completely clear. I'm completely innocent of lustful thoughts and my mind wandering and going places that I shouldn't go. Stacy and I have talked about this. I can't trust myself. And for that very reason, I have to be careful about where I go, what I do, who I'm with, and how I conduct myself. So you say, well, why can't you trust yourself? Well, there's some ancient wisdom about that. And so if you Turn to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so even though I have a desire to live pure, to be pure, to do the right things, I have a battle with my sinful heart that will take me into wrong places. And so I have to establish practices and behaviors and norms about how I'm going to live my life so that I protect my own integrity, but I also protect my marriage, my wife, other women around me, their marriages. And I'll get into some conversation here in a bit about the fact that there are women that work in the Noble Warrior's office, and sometimes <clears throat> I'm here with them by myself, but the way that the rules that we've set up and the way we conduct business um, has some safeguards in it. And so I'll talk about that. But here's, here's where we start. You can't trust yourself. Because your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. So you have, to, you have to be careful with that. Then number two in a principle here is guard your eyes. Job 31. You remember Job. Fantastic story about his struggle and how God allowed Satan to tempt him and to, and to, to do things to him to, to really test and prove his faith. But Job in verse 30, verse 1 of chapter 31 said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How could I gaze at a virgin? And so, guys, we can't trust our hearts. We have to be careful with that and know that we will struggle, we will wander. And the first place that we're going to wander is with our eyes because we are visible 
we are visual creatures. And, and so we have to protect what our eyes see. As a matter of fact, we have to, there are going to be things that you see. There are going to be um, images that you are drawn to. As a matter of fact, the, the, the male eye is drawn to the female figure. That's by God's design. That's not a mistake. Adam was attracted to Eve in the garden. Make no mistake about that. And so that's part of God's design, but that is a desire and a design that has to be cared for and managed. And so we have to guard our eyes and protect ourselves from what we see. So we'll talk about some practical applications with that in a few minutes. But the other thing that we have to do is guard our minds, because once you see something, then that triggers impulses and moves you to thinking about things. So you have to guard your thoughts. You have to guard your mind. And I'm, I'm so thankful for this. Um, chapter, uh, let's see, chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians, uh, verse 5 and 6 says this. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Here's, here's the key there, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. Well, folks, you need to recognize that every woman around you, whether you know her name or not, is a sister to you. She is a human sister to you. She may be a sister in Christ to you. She may be saved by the blood of Christ. And so we need to treat all women in that way. And so we can't let our minds go chasing down to places where we should not go with our thought patterns. So you've got to guard your mind and take every thought captive. I have a friend who's a pastor down in Suffolk, and he has taught his people that when um, his flock, that when the, a thought comes to their mind that they want to get rid of, to physically take their hand and stroke it across their forehead and kind of grab that thought. It's a little, it's a little kind of funky, it seems, to do something like that. But if you just physically do that, grab that thought, and then he says, I have tell guys to just kind of throw it away. So he says, I have guys. And my friend, this pastor, says, oh, I have guys who tell me they're in a meeting and just very casually something comes across their mind they know they don't want to hold on to, and they just throw that thought away. And what they're doing is doing a physical representation of what Paul is telling the Corinthian church here in this passage, to take every thought captive to obey Christ. So don't trust yourself. Guard your eyes. Guard your mind. Avoid temptation. Guys, if... if if we're going to be able to do these things, then what we really need to do is stay away from those places that are going to tempt us anyway. And so in Corinthians, again, Paul's wisdom, chapter 10, verse 13 of 1 Corinthians says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape so that you may be able to endure it. Guys, I love this, but... I think sometimes we presume upon God that in the very moment when we're about to make the mistake, he's going to remove us from that temptation. He's going to take us away. Well, his, uh, the, the escape that he provided may have been 20 steps before you got to the tempting place. And uh, as a matter of fact, Jared Jones, one of our speakers at Iron Sharpens Iron Conferences, has talked about the fact that the escape from temptation comes much earlier than the temptation sometimes. And so we have to be careful that we don't get our 
um, get the hook caught in our mouth when we should have avoided the bait to begin with. Um, as a matter of fact, I want to read you a story from uh, a book called The Purity Principle by Randy Alcorn. It's a humorous little um, parable, I guess. So listen to this, and I think you'll hear I think you'll hear the fallacy, the fantasy that some of us have about how God protects us from temptation. Look at this. Imagine someone whose weakness is eating donuts. His doctor says, no more donuts. He vows to God, no more donuts. He promises his family, no more donuts. He calls the church and gets on the prayer chain. He even goes to a donut deliverance ministry to have the demon of donut desire cast out of him. Here's a guy who means business, right? But then what does he do? Well, if he's a lot like most of us, he goes right on reading about donuts, listening to donut music, and watching television program about making donuts. He spends his time with other donut lovers talking about donuts, and he jokes about donuts at the office where he often glances at the donut calendars on the wall. He looks through the newspaper for donut coupons and subscribes to Donut Desires with its glossy color photos. It's not long before he's driving the long way to work and just happens to go buy a donut shop. He rolls down the window and inhales. Pretty soon he's buying the morning paper from the rack right outside the donut shop. He's lingering just long enough to check out donuts through the window. Then he remembers he has to make a phone call and hey, what do you know, the donut shop has a payphone. And since he's there anyway, why not have a cup of coffee? Now remember this man has no intention of breaking his vow and eating donuts. But the totally predictable and inevitable result is what? That he will give in and eat donuts. And can't you just hear his sad lament? What went wrong? I prayed. I asked others to pray. I asked God for deliverance. Why try? I give up. You do your best and look what happens. Well, friends, there were ways out of this temptation, but he didn't avoid temptation in the first place. He, he prayed. He asked others to pray, but then he did not rid the temptation from his life. And that's what we have to do. If we're going to begin to treat all women as sisters in Christ, we have to take out the, the prompts that would encourage us to objectify women. We have to, we have to take away the, the music and the, the videos and the scenes and the thoughts that would cause us to be tempted for our minds to go in a dangerous place. So avoid temptation. So now don't trust yourself. Guard your eyes. Guard your mind. Avoid temptation. But when temptation is there, when you can see it coming, run away. Um, and so I want to go to Genesis 39, verse 11 here. You guys are familiar with this story. Joseph, who had been given great favor by Potiphar, um, had nothing that Potiphar controlled in his household that Joseph wasn't responsible for except his wife. And then we read in verse 11 here of chapter 39, But one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. So that was Potiphar's wife who was seeking to seduce Joseph. And when that temptation came, instead of falling into it, he ran away from it in such a way that he ended up in prison. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting tale. Go back and read that. But the bottom line is that to protect his integrity, Joseph fled temptation. He ran away, and we need to learn to do that. And then the other thing I'm going to, uh, next item here is engage the word. And Guys, this is uh, this is a primary one. You have to be in God's word and uh, building up your strength, your muscle to resist. 
is going to come from God's Spirit at work in you, Jesus Christ alive in you, His Spirit working in you. And I, and I want to read one passage here from Proverbs because it's so telling. Guys, if, if this is an area of struggle, then read Proverbs 6, 7, and 8 over and over again and read about the, the adulterous woman and the, the wayward man, the, the youth, and how he fell into a trap here. Um, but it was not without his uh, willing participation. Listen to this, Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. For at the window of my house, this is Solomon saying, For at the window of my house I've looked out through my lattice, and I've seen among the simple, I've perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house, in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And I'm not going to read all of this, but he falls into an adulterous relationship with this woman, and um, it's all because he was in, in a place where he shouldn't have been. You know, my dad used to tell me all the time, Michael, if you will be where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, it's very difficult for you to get in trouble. And so, I, you know, guys, there's a place that you should be most of the time. There's something that you should be doing. And most of the time, it's not putting yourself in front of temptation where you could fall into bad habits and begin to do things to objectify women. Because as you as you have those thoughts and you begin to act on those things, you, you behave differently around people. And so engage the word. Don't trust yourself. Guard your eyes. Guard your mind. Avoid temptation. Flee temptation. Engage the word. And then finally, my last principle for you to follow is to lock arms with other men. And so Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And guys, you really need to be involved with some other men because, listen, uh, this uh, these temptations to how you see women and how you respond to women, um, I don't know many guys who don't struggle with this on some level. And so we need to be in fellowship and community with some other men who are truth tellers who will help us navigate these temptations and what we see and what we experience and how we react to them. And so, um, as a matter of fact, we did our quick one-question survey last week on uh, the question is, men, do you have a strategy for online purity accountability? And if you do have a strategy, feel free to share it with us below. So it's interesting that uh, 124 responses came in. 64 people said, I have a strategy. 60% or I'm sorry, 64 individuals. So 51% say they do have a strategy. 60 individuals, 48% say I do not have a strategy. And can I tell you guys that if you don't have a strategy to avoid those temptations and those, um, those falterings, then it's really easy to fall into a trap. And as I read through the comments about what are some of these guys' strategies, many people are using tools like uh, Covenant Eyes. We'll get Sam Black from Covenant Eyes on a podcast at some point. Uh, but great tools are out there. But many of these guys also say, I have other men in my life that I talk to about this, and we process with each other. We hold each other accountable. So, these are some principles to help you. Don't trust yourself. Guard your eyes. Guard your mind. Avoid temptation. Flee temptation. Engage the word. Lock arms with other men. Now, let's talk about what this looks like. Guys, you can't trust yourself. I don't care how tough you think you are or how, how committed you are to your wife. I know plenty of men who have started out committed to their wives, but then they get into um, a, 
a very innocent, emotional conversation with a, with another woman somewhere, and it begins to move along, and then all of a sudden it becomes fast and furious, and then you've got a crisis. So, guys, you cannot trust yourself. You are not strong enough to be able to deliver yourself from the the failings of your lustful mind and so you have to guard yourself against getting into those relationships anyway. Don't put yourself in those places. Guys, you've got to guard your eyes. What are you watching? What are you seeing? How, what are you filling your mind with in terms of imagery? What are you watching on television? Are you protecting yourself from what you see that would cause you to lust? And as you lust in those areas, then you're going to objectify women in other areas. So, what, what kind of filters or standards do you have in place for how you engage media? Guard your mind. Same thing with, with audio, with videos, with things you read. Guys, are you reading wholesome and pure things um, that are affirming to women or of women, or are you reading and participating in things that would be degrading and objectifying Guys, you've got to guard your mind and protect what you are seeing and thinking there. Avoiding temptation. Guys, don't go. Here's where the Billy Graham rule concept comes in. And so um, I, I, I think in order to protect your marriage, in order to protect your wife, to protect your integrity, to protect your future wife, guys, don't, don't go on to meetings or to lunches or dinners with a member of the opposite sex. I realize this is hard in our time. It's probably harder for some than others, but I have been so encouraged by guys who are willing to take that stand and say, I'm not going to do this because I want to protect me and I want to protect you. I care for my wife. I care for your um, your marriage. So I, I'll go back to the scenario here at the office. There are never scenarios where I'm in a room with a female at the same time with the door closed or with no exposure. Our office has a glass front to it, and uh, so doors are always open. Visibility is always there. Uh, we do have a warehouse area in the back, which is where our studio is here, and when when women come here to work or when I, when I talk to them, I say, hey, if one of us needs to go into the warehouse, it's one at a time. It's either you or me. We're not back here together. I don't want to raise any questions. This, My marriage is too valuable to me. This ministry is too valuable to me. The integrity of the Lord's, our witness for the Lord is too important to me. And so we're just going to make some, some stands about what we're going to do. I don't ride in cars with women. If we go to a meeting, as crazy as this sounds, sometimes we'll drive two cars. So I don't have to be in a car with uh, with a woman who's not my wife. Um, I don't travel together. We don't. Now we'll we'll have team lunches at the desk in the front or at the table in the front of the office with the open glass, and it's usually me and there might be several people there. But there's no private lunches. There's no private meetings. There's there's exposure and access all the time. My wife works at the office, and so she's in and out and about and moving, and so. Um, we have some safeguards there. So avoid temptation. Flee temptation. Guys, when you find yourself tempted, and listen, part of that is you need to know what your triggers are. When I talk about guy, talk with guys, you know, in our crazy donut example here, what might make you tempted to eat a donut? What might make you tempted to take your thoughts into a place with women that you should not go? Well, you need to know what those triggers are. 
And uh, some of the ones that I've learned from some friends are you, the, the acronym HALT. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired is when you are most vulnerable to a lot of temptations. And so if you are attentive to what your emotions and your feelings are in those areas, then you can respond in a Christ-like manner and not fall into Satan's trap there. Guys, watch your language. Watch what you say to women. And um, there needs to be no jokes. Uh, careful how you compliment them or what you might say to them. As a matter of fact, I try to avoid that completely um, and be oblivious to things as much as I can. Occasionally, I will slip up with that. Um, and it's not that I'm trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be cautious. I, I don't comment generally on how someone looks um, or anything like that. And um, so I think there, there's some safeguards there. I would also tell you, be careful how you touch. Um, don't, I, I, I tell folks, Laurie's been on our call here. I hug Laurie once a year, and that's when our family goes over to her house for a Christmas Eve party, and I walk through the door and I give Laurie a hug and hand her a Christmas gift usually, but that's, um, I, I don't, uh, there's, there's no physical touch. And so, guys, we have to guard this. I, I feel a little goofy talking about that, honestly, but, but we, I would rather be uncomfortable telling you these stories than uncomfortable having to explain to you why I had fallen and, um, and had, had thrown my marriage away and, and disrupted someone else's. So there's so much going on here. Um, so, guys, those are some, some critical things. I, again, staying in the Word. Guys, I, I love God's Word. We're gonna, next month is going to be all about the noble man engages the Word of the Lord. So we're going to talk about that. And then locking arms with other men. I do have a group of guys that I meet with on Friday mornings. It's been disrupted lately by the COVID crisis, but we are continuing to check in with each other and work toward accountability. And so um, we need other men in our lives. So make sure you're locking arms with other men who are truth tellers and will hold you accountable and ask you hard questions. Guys, finally, I'll say that there's help available in a lot of ways. If if this is an area where it's easy for you to stumble and trip and find yourself objectifying women or thinking things that you know you, you really shouldn't think and your mind goes into places, then uh, search out things like Covenant Eyes uh, as an internet accountability software. Uh, check out um, church ministries like Celebrate Recovery and other church-level ministries for, um, for folks who are struggling with various I know for Celebrate Recovery, they talk about having hurts, hangups, and um, hurts, habits, and hangups. And so there, there may be great help there. A friend of mine, Steve Etner, is the Purity Coach. You can check out his website at thepuritycoach.com. And then there are awesome books and resources. I've referenced a couple here. One in particular, Every Man's Battle by Stephen Arterburn. I mentioned The Purity Principle by Randy Alcorn. Cover Her by Rod Hairston. And uh, there's Samson and the Pirate Monks by Nate Larkin. There's just an infinite number of tools to help you um, wrestle with the, the challenges that sexual impropriety tempts us to think about and to act on. So, guys, I, I would just encourage you with that. Let's honor Christ with the way that we act, the way that we think, and the way that we care for women you know, I, I look at Christ, and um, women were very much involved in his ministry, very caring to him, but I, it's clear that he in no way was sinful toward them. 
and did not uh, regard them inappropriately. And so he is our model for manhood. Let's seek to live in a way that Christ did where we can minister to and encourage women, but treat them as sisters in Christ and not as objects um, for our pleasure. So, guys, this is not an easy topic. We will talk about it more because I think it's something that uh, has has taken a lot of men off the rails. And uh, so we'll dig into this. But to finish up the month, remember, the noble man honors his mother. The noble man cherishes his wife. The noble man delights in his daughter. And the noble man should make all women feel safe in his presence. So, guys, would you go and do that? Keep pursuing the Lord's uh, way in your life and reading the word. And we'll be back next week and following weeks talking about how the noble man is a man of the word. God bless you, man. Thanks so much.